0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Operations Leaders online talk show. Today we have an online conversation between Gary Katz and myself, Lynn Hunsaker, about raising the stature of marketing operations. Uh, We have been uh, recording uh, topics like this for the past few weeks, uh, every other week. So please join us for our next topic and please take a look at our last recordings and enjoy those. We always appreciate uh, having an ongoing conversation about anything that you would like to uh, email us or post on our show page. So today we are going to cover three questions. The first one is, what are the forces supporting or inhibiting marketing operations stature? Second, what stature is needed and practical? And third, how can this goal be achieved? So please join us on our online chat room, and please feel free to type in any questions or comments, and we will include those in the conversation today. So Gary, uh, what's your take on the forces that are supporting or inhibiting marketing operations stature?
0: Well, that's a really good question, Lynn. I I think a lot of it is um, self-imposed. It's frame of mind. It's how we see ourselves. Oftentimes, we'll put ourselves in a box and say, well, I'm here to, you know, provide service or to support uh, my CMO. Uh, And, you know, certainly that is an important part of the job. But I think that we need to think beyond that. What do they really need from us? Do they really need us just to be tactical or do they need us to enable the strategy that they're trying to create? And I think if we view ourselves that way and start thinking about what is the CMO trying to accomplish from a business standpoint, how can we support that effort? Uh, how can we provide more insight uh, to the CMO to help them make better business decisions uh, how can we make suggestions that scale the organization not just a technology uh, suggestion to plug a gap uh, but how do we actually look at what needs to be done in a holistic way for in terms of now and building toward the future if we can start Developing that kind of discipline and that kind of conversation with our CMOs, I think that we're going to make them look really good in the C-suite. Otherwise, what ends up happening is we end up um, being very reactive uh, to uh, what our CMOs say they want. Um, and a lot of times, the CMOs are also, in turn, being reactive to something that's happening in the C-suite, especially if they think that they're not going to be in that job, you know, a year down the road, and they're just trying to, you know, bridge enough gap from here to there um, in order, uh, you know, to make the jump eventually somewhere else. Well, that so, sounds
1: like uh, marketing positioning. Like uh, marketer heal thyself, physician heal thyself. Exactly. We got to position
0: ourselves
1: as we would it, like to be.
0: Exactly. And you know, it goes to marketing stature as well and CMO stature, right? So, you know, have the conversation with the CMO about the stature they want and then support that stature not with tactics, but you know, with uh, with a you know, strategically operational uh contribution.
1: Yes. I think that one of the forces that has been supporting marketing operations uh path path to date has been the technology influx and the fact that um, marketing is uh, actually taking on more technology uh, than the actual CIO apparently. So I think that that has its double-edged sword factor in play where there's certainly some big visibility opportunities, but there's also the propensity for a lot of us to get stuck in the weeds.
0: Well, that's right, and we have to be thinking about uh, that uh, marketing uh, technology stack roadmap in a very strategic way, Um, because now we're taking stewardship of uh, you know assets um, that are very critical to the organization, and we want to do it, uh, and we need to do it completely in partnership, uh, you know, with that CIO um, and with with the, uh, the IT function in the organization. Um, you know, whether we're the ones that are you know, driving more of the ship um, and they're supporting or they're driving the ship and we need to work in partnership with them to get our needs met uh, you know, in terms of the, our marketing and sales um, constituents, These things are really important to consider. Another area that's ripe for this type of thinking and application is an area I know you have a lot of experience in, uh, and that's the customer. Maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about that and the opportunities to raise MO stature in terms of being more customer-centric.
1: Well, sure. Along with the technology forces in play, I think that big data and analytics and uh, journey mapping and loyalty and all that stuff have a lot to do with uh, marketing operations needs right now and the opportunities there. And again, it's easy to get a little too um, tactical or too um, uh, down in the weeds with stuff rather than looking at the big picture. I'm reminded of that old story of the bricklayer that uh, was approached, someone said, uh, what are you doing? And the first bricklayer says, uh, well, I'm just laying these bricks. And then the second one said, oh, I'm making this uh, church. And then another one said, you know, I'm creating a place where people can uh, get close to their maker. And it was the third person who had the, the greater uh, impact on the, the listener, of course. And also they seemed to enjoy their job more and they uh, had more uh better performance, uh, is just an all-around better situation when you take the high road in looking at what path you want to take and what forces are there for your taking, uh, how you might uh, piggyback on the greater initiatives in play and how they fit in with what the CEO cares about and what your CMO cares about.
0: Right, so aligning your passion with what the organization uh, passion is uh, from a uh, from a C level uh, type of uh, perspective.
1: Yeah, and then continuing on that for the customers, uh, this is a real opportunity that help could help marketing uh, kind of get get uh, get to a higher level of thinking uh, when you center marketing around the customer, which maybe seems like an oxymoron. Isn't marketing already centered around the customer? Well, not not always. I think marketing is centered around its own uh, the quotas and internal deadlines and oh, internal
0: uh, self interest. <laughs> company self interest. <laughs> yes,
1: and marketing operations leaders can have a big impact on the whole marketing organization as well as the whole company in helping make everything that's done centered around the customer rather than the company. or just
0: tradition. Well, that's right. And it also helps uh, clarify what priorities ought to be. Um, And it also uh, helps, uh, you know, when we're looking at the uh, the groups trying to make a decision that maybe are coming from a a different place and have different what's in it for me's, if you can center those around the what's in it for me for the customers that we're both contributing to, uh, then that solves a lot of problems and and gets you unstuck uh, from, uh, you know, battling with one another, uh, you know, so that you can actually deliver value. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh,
1: Customers are a real rallying factor. Everyone cares about the customer. Everyone wants to work in a company that uh, has a good reputation, and the customers are clamoring for what the company is about. And you do that really by centering everyone on on the customer. Uh, Like you said, when people do have squabbles uh, about things or you're trying to make decisions, um, using the customer's best interest as your primary decision factor can make all the difference in moving things forward quicker
0: one other thing that I'm you know that pops into my mind is marketing operations is so good uh, from an insight standpoint in terms of understanding customers and understanding the customer, uh, the, the company's objectives and whether they actually have the right customers. All right? because you could say we're centering everything around the customer, but if you have the wrong customers and they're so high touch, you know that they just strain all your resources and prevent you from, you know, from growing your business uh, and helping anybody that is not like, you know, <laughs> spending the most money with you. Uh, you know, then that doesn't really work. So, uh, you know, part of the the key in uh, marketing operations is to support understanding. You know what is an appropriate customer for what we're trying to do as a business?
1: You know, mm-hmm. what lines
0: well with our strategy?
1: Yeah, that can be a real value add uh, that is well well respected by everyone else in marketing. I think that one of the other inhibitors for marketing operation stature is the the kind of Sunday school answer of uh, you know, just time, time and uh, and not too much on my plate. You know, that's what everyone always falls back on. Uses. Yeah, and I I think that um, a practical way of dealing with that is looking for allies and shifting from a doer uh, mode to a facilitator mode.
0: Right, right. Yeah, if we try to do it all ourselves um, and, and control everything, we usually make things worse. We have to find those uh, partnerships and, and get people on board uh, based on you know, them seeing that the outcome will make uh, you know, everything better for our organization in terms of uh, you know, the opportunity to make a profit by providing real value and getting a more loyal customer who's going to get more of what they expect uh, you know, that's more aligned with the promises that we make as marketers. Um, you know, making sure that those promises and the performance matches up is another area that we ought to take very seriously in marketing operations.
1: I think that's the real key to uh, getting everything right with customers is uh, narrowing the gap between what 's promised and what 's actually experienced by customers, and somebody needs to be the conscience of the customer that's a really um, great opportunity for market o- marketing operations to step into.
0: Right. I, mean, and if you uh, can align with the right groups, you know, for example, uh, you know, having grown up in public relations, I would have loved to have that kind of alignment, right? Because I'm also, uh, you know, it, when I was a public relations practitioner, uh, you, know, a conscience because our reputation was uh, tied to how well we could back up our claims. Um, And so I was always concerned with that. But having a marketing operations group that is providing the glue cross-functionally to make sure that the organization performs in, uh, in, in accordance, you know, with the with the promise they're creating, that brand promise that they're creating, I think is very powerful. And at the same time, that marketing operations group is going to have to be working with customer-facing groups that touch that customer to be able to identify those types of things that are making it hard for a customer to do business with us and remove those hassles.
1: Mm -hmm. So we've brought up several things that um, point to what, Stature is needed for marketing operations. We might be able to summarize those here in quick order. Um, do can you uh list a few of them Gary that we've yeah, covered already and then maybe add to it
0: yeah, absolutely. so I think uh uh in terms of uh, what's needed uh to uh, derive stature uh, stature excuse me, I think uh, you know marketing operations and the marketing function need to have a clear charter on what they're trying to accomplish as an organization. Uh, You know, marketing operations will take uh, direction from what the marketing organization is trying to do as a charter. And if the charter isn't clear, that's a great opportunity for marketing operations uh, to facilitate and guide that along. So I think that's critical. Um, I think, secondly, clarity in terms of what the enterprise objectives are. Uh, and making sure that marketing is well tied into those, and marketing operations in turn is well tied into those is key. I think understanding uh, where the challenges are and how we are you know, how how those challenges are going to be acted upon, for example, the types of things that make it difficult uh, for customers uh, you know, to fully embrace and feel uh, you know full loyalty. Uh, to our organization, or to the products and services that we provide, I think that, that there are some very practical things we can do to make sure that that insight um, is not only collected but acted upon in a in a uh, in a very meaningful way. And I think we can take uh, you know some responsibility in terms of helping identify those things, especially where they are process oriented. Or technology oriented, or guidance oriented, meaning the policies and procedures, the types, the, the way that the organization operates, those types of things, and also how we measure how well we're doing, are all things that marketing operations, uh, you know, has a special skill set in, and is in a unique position to assist with. So I think all those things are very practical. Um, and uh, those are the things we ought to be focusing on. It's just applying them into this context of thinking uh, you know, about being a strategic enabler as opposed to s- strictly a service provider.
1: Yeah, I'm reminded of a blog post that we wrote not too long ago. It's on mlpartners.com slash blog called Is Operations Sexy? Mm-hmm. And I think that marketing operations can take, a, uh, a cue from other operations. Um, so that article looked at how operations is defined for uh, in a business context um, by different uh, thought leaders and uh, dictionaries and such. And it turns out that operations is more than a go fix it type thing. Um, it's more than a, a deployment of technology uh it's it's much more than that in other parts of business operations is uh something that reduces chaos something that creates value or enables value to happen um and i think that's exactly what you were talking about gary is uh thinking thinking a little bigger and i would welcome people to take a look at that article and see how the cues there um may may inspire them in defining marketing operations in their company
0: yeah think big and then act focused (laughs) you know uh, in a digestible (laughs) way that's what we need more of yeah i
1: think when you're talking about what stature is practical you need to look at what is doable in your uh organization where it's at now and its maturity and and the the dynamics
0: Right, and then what, create a, what has big leverage too.
1: Exactly, and create a roadmap that quarter by quarter you're adding a little sophistication or half year by half year um, building toward what your vision is for the stature. It might not, might not happen overnight. It might need to take several quarters.
0: That's right. That's, that, the roadmap is really key. It's, you know, don't just be focused on, you know, on the project that's in front of you that your CMO said do, Uh, you know, be proactive and lay out that roadmap. And, yeah, if you can't get to certain things right away because your organization is not ready, you don't have the budget or whatever, the commitment, well, put it into the roadmap, you know, so that, uh, you know, and then – don't do what we you know so many organizations do uh, you know with budgets where they put these things in the budgets and you know it carries over all the time uh, you know with uh, the next budget cycle and and never gets addressed
1: yeah one of the uh, exercises I've done with my team is to say look we have a lot of limitations on us but let's put those aside for a moment and let's just Use a flip chart or whiteboard or something to to put down a bunch of ideas in an ideal world, what would we be doing, or in an ideal world, what would we have as resources to do it and by just allowing yourself to brainstorm like that freely, um, some ideas may may surface that um, otherwise would be squelched or or just uh, you know poo-pooed but what I found in doing that kind of in an ideal world thinking is you can start to allow yourself to discover hey maybe there's a way I could suggest this to so-and-so or maybe there's a way that we could engage so-and-so in a certain endeavor that is going to move this forward. So I found that that kind of uh, brainstorming in with a uh, kind of impractical question can actually help you reach practicality in clever ways.
0: I agree with that. And uh, one of our guests uh, points out something that I think we touched on very briefly, but really ought to be spotlighted more. You know, a lot of this, we can center around a metrics conversation, right? What are the success Mm -hmm. factors for us to know that we've achieved what we wanted to do? And of course, key, key performance indicators, you know, how well are we going, how well are we doing, you know, in tracking Mm -hmm. against those metrics goals? So um, we do have a question, actually. Um, Do we want to jump to the questions now, or do we want to wait? Sure, go ahead. So the question is, what are some of the key metrics to start aligning with C-suite priorities to be seen as valuable by the C-suite? That's a great question.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have
0: uh, some thoughts on that, Lynn? I like to think of you as the metrics expert amongst us.
1: Well, actually, all the metrics that marketing is focusing on should be uh, cascaded down from the C-suite. What What are the yes. objectives that your C-suite is pursuing? What are yes. they advocating for this year for their three-year stretch goals or something? And then take that, take what they're saying, and say, Well, how does that play for marketing? And how does that What does that mean for this marketing team and this other marketing team? And then you're going to see that you create or identify the metrics that naturally align with what C-suite is talking about.
0: In your experience, what are are some of the metrics that they care about most?
1: Well, of course, they always want revenue and they always want earnings per share, um, market share, things like that that the analysts ask them about. Uh, Whenever they're on the hot hot seat, uh, they want to be able to show data that's, uh, that's positive so they're hoping that marketing can contribute to those kinds of things that help them answer uh, happily those stinging questions that analysts ask, for one, and investors. Um, but I think that, that just focusing on those outcomes is a problem. What yeah. we tend to do is one extreme or the other. We're either measuring click-through rates or we're measuring revenue. And Activity ultimate,
0: or ultimate outcomes. <laughs> what about the middle?
1: Well, that's where we we lose traction, and marketing operations can uh, play a big role in empowering all the marketing teams by helping them see what is it in their process that they need to keep an eye on as a an early signal of a success or failure, success or rework or or a, um, scrap or whatever that we can keep an eye on toward the revenue goal or the market share goal or whatever the the initiative is. And I think that's where we we miss the ball a lot of times is we're measuring the outcomes of something instead of an early signal.
0: Right, so you're talking about having more focus on leading indicators, not just relying on the lagging ones.
1: Yes, and I define those very differently than a lot of people define them. A, A lagging indicator is something that already happened as far as your stakeholder can see, stuff. Okay, so lagging just means you, you don't have an opportunity to adjust it yet because it's 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 done. Your <laughs> your stakeholder seeing it, it's visible. But, but in your own processes, in your own work, while you're while you're in the midst of um, doing something, you can monitor the goodness of what you're doing before it gets done, before your stakeholder sees it. And that's what I mean by a leading indicator or an early signal. that something in your work that you're monitoring so that the outco- outcome of your work or output of your work and then the consequences down the road in terms of market share and all those big, te- big metrics uh, follow suit.
0: I found that things like uh, customer lifetime value is a, is, is a very valuable um, indicator at any given uh, point in time. Um because you 're not only seeing the impact of a uh, you know a campaign on a customer relationship or a customer moving along the journey, but that impact over time over and over and over, and kind of the quality of the relationship and the trust in the company, are there some other um, uh, metrics that you would talk about that I think are more strategic um, that uh, that the that uh, the C-suite uh, you know tends to get turned on by.
1: Well, I I just want to say first that customer lifetime value we often lose out on a lot of the value the, the impact that that can have because if you're um, really aware of uh, the customer lifetime value of different types of customers and you see what different types of customers are doing or wanting or or needing or not liking or whatever um you can tie, you can say what percentage of customers that is, or, or you can tie the customer lifetime value to that group. And managers, especially uh, top executives, are more motivated to do something when they can see the business impact in terms of the customer lifetime value mm-hmm. yeah. of that thing. And so I think we, we often will look at customer lifetime value or other metrics kind of in a vacuum by themselves or in different silos of metrics.
0: If, we can, even, if we can even measure those things, right, which is another <laughs> problem entirely. Well, a lot of a times lifetime. we have gaps in our processes and systems in, in order to even measure those things, uh, and then raise them uh, mm-hmm. to a, a place where we can view them in the context of overall business objectives and progress.
1: A lifetime value is often uh, not... Uh, Pursued by people because it's just too unwieldy to figure out. Yeah. You've got, you know, what is the relationship duration of of a lifetime? To that's the first definition to come sure. up with. Well, you know, something practical. Just pick pick a, a number. If it's fifty years, is the most likely relationship length, or uh, four years, or eight months, or whatever. Um, pick something and and uh, use that as a, you know, a, a a standard, uh, you know, notation on, on all your, your footnotes of whatever you're, whatever you're presenting. But pick something and then stick with that. And then what I've found is people will start with revenue and just say, you know, our, our lifetime revenue is, which isn't really lifetime value. Lifetime value is profit. A, right. the, and so because there's so many costs to parse up among the customers, it becomes really messy You've got uh, obvious costs, and then you have non-obvious costs, like fixed costs that need to be divided up. Well, don't make it so complicated. Uh, The people who use customer lifetime value really effectively in companies will start with a real simple definition, like let's just say 10 years is a lifetime or whatever number, and let's just use revenue for right now. And then a couple quarters down the road, or maybe it's a year or so down the road, they're starting to figure out, okay, now here's how we assign costs the, uh, the direct product costs or the direct uh, service costs. And then, you know, a couple d- quarters down the road, they'll add other costs. And so it becomes more sophisticated as you go. But anyway, if you're tying it into um, other metrics that you have to show the percentage uh, pain or gain that the company will have, um, that can be quite powerful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I have, I've also found that C Suite likes to see momentum type metrics. Uh, you know, in terms of how, how we're moving the needle. You know, a lot of that comes in terms of the, you know, um, uh, velocity, you know, the pipeline, for instance, um, and, you know, and deals coming through and such. But like you said before, these things need to be viewed in an overall context and not as transactions. I think it's very dangerous when companies start getting into a transactional view in, try- in terms of trying to make business decisions. I think that's where a lot of companies fail.
1: Yeah, when I'm looking at what marketing operations can and should be, I often get in my mind this kind of web uh, vision of things being connected, connecting data, connecting yeah. technology, connecting people, connecting uh, the, what the C-suite cares about to what everyone is doing you know, in the trenches. And I think all of those connections are also important to measure if you're trying to measure marketing operations progress or momentum. You might be measuring, for your own team at least, um, how many uh, initiatives have we bridged? How many people have we bridged? Um, figure out some things that, that make sense for connecting, and then find a way to track your progress with that. And I think it can be really eye-opening about the opportunities that are available for raising the stature.
0: So there's a really real connect-the-dots role that marketing operations can play that can be extremely valuable to the organization.
1: Yep, and we've got uh, an article on our blog about that too, mopartners.com slash blog. Uh, Let's see, what's the name of that? Uh, Five Ways Marketing Operations Can Be More Strategic.
0: Uh (laughs) Aha! There you go. (laughs) There you go, and there's a lot more insights there that uh, we uh, weren't able to uh, cover today.
1: Yeah, and in in closing, I'll just mention one more blog post. Uh, I see we've got one more question, but one more blog post that could be interesting about raising the stature is there's 10 10, uh, ways that marketing operations, uh, what's the name of that, Gary? Do you remember it? Um, it Creates value, something like that. And there's 10 personas that are listed out for what marketing operations role can be. And I think that would be really interesting to people who are uh, keen on the subject.
0: Absolutely. Got another question. Um, When a company is struggling, uh, do you find they start behaving in a transactional way instead of looking at a more holistic view? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Big time yes, right, Lynn? I mean, uh, you know, it's kind of like when things are going well, um, you know, you're kind of in a flow. Uh, and you're kind of, uh, you know, open to a lot of inputs, um, you know, even as individuals, I think this is true. But when times get tough, that's kind of the measure of a person <laughs> or a company. And a lot of companies get, uh, you know, very transactional, um, very reactive. Um, uh, they they stop thinking about the big picture. And, you know, it's going to happen. Every company is going to do it, every individual, nobody's perfect. But to the degree that we can you know get ourselves back into thinking you know more holistically and not getting into that doing activity mode i think that we're going to save ourselves a lot of grief and we're going to quickly come out of uh you know that faster i think that's really what needs to happen uh because Otherwise, you know, our competition, you know, is going to eat our lunch because it's coming from everywhere, right? Mom and pop shops can compete against the big boys these days because they have access to the same resources that the big boys do. Um, You know, we're getting it globally, you know, that competition from everywhere. Um, And there are all sorts of new industries that are jumping up that make the the industries that we're operating in, uh, you know, yesterday's news. So, uh, we 're going to have to get better at this as organizations and you know what a great opportunity for marketing operations uh, you know to help uh, you know their enterprise uh, you know operate that way
1: exactly i 've seen a lot of downturns in you know, certain industries economic downturns and the ones that don 't take their eye off the ball with uh, r and d expenditures for example um, but keep keep the strong investment there and uh, don't, don't allow certain uh, sacrifice to be made in that way. They always emerge from the downturn uh, in a winning position and just eat their competitors for lunch.
0: So, um, it's about commitment, right? <laughs> it's about commitment and sustained investment.
1: Well, I think that there's a lesson there for marketing operations that um, as a, a chief connecting guru – um, you can help to maintain the big picture for the whole marketing organization as they're uh, scrambling to make adjustments in a, in a, a tight situation, but uh, helping, to pe- helping people to keep their eye on the prize.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right. Well, it's been a great conversation. We appreciate our questions from our listeners, and we look forward to meeting up with you again. Please check this site again in about two weeks, and we welcome your continuing comments.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?